Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Around the Rim. I'm your host, Michael Diemer, alongside Kevin Plaucha. This is episode five of the flagship podcast for Colonial Sports, in particular for the women's basketball team. And Kevin, say hello to the people for episode five. Episode five. We've got a handful of episodes now out on Colonial Sports Network for the women's basketball team. And Michael, unfortunately, the regular season is over. We The regular season has come to a close. Colonials did not end it how I guess we would have liked them to or they would have probably liked to. But it's a brand new season starting tomorrow. We are recording this on the uh, 27th of February, a, a Monday. We will get into uh, tomorrow's festivities in a little bit. But I guess first, we got a couple games we got to go over as the team closed out the regular season. Yes, we do. And the last two games of the regular season were against IUPUI and Youngstown State. The IUPUI game was on Thursday night. It was an 83-69 to loss in the hands of the Jaguars in Indianapolis. And uh, Kevin, let's uh, dive a little bit deep into this loss. IUPUI is a Pretty is a pretty good team. We've seen we've seen them uh, already once, in at the UPMC Event Center. They were going to go to, their uh, go on the road against them, and it just wasn't in the it wasn't in their hands. Basically, all game it feels like. Uh yeah, IUPUI winning by a score of eighty three to sixty nine, uh, avenging their defeat at the hands of the Colonials in uh, from uh, mid January where the Colonials stole a 69-63 win from the Jaguars. But, uh, well, main thing we talked about last episode was can the Colonials contain Jasmine Turner? And once again, the answer was uh, a resounding no. Uh, nine for 11 from the floor, uh, 21 points for her, six rebounds and three blocks. Uh, you also had 20 points, a 20-bagger. From Destiny Perkins, the senior guard, uh, she was 8 of 14 from the floor. Jaguars shoot 50% on the evening and 41% from three to take down the Colonials, who at one point, Michael, they had cut this game to, I believe, three? It, was, it was pretty close at one, at one point. Cut it's, it to three, and yeah. then uh, with about, I think, eight minutes left, they cut it to three? And then IUPUI went on a little bit of a run, and from there, that's all she wrote. Colonials uh, did not have an answer for that Jaguars uh, late run. In terms of the Colonials scoring, oh, let's see here. I will start with Danielle Vulotic because she is at the top of the box score. Uh, 12 points. In 17 minutes. For her. Oh, yeah, I did. Actually, I just now noticed that. Very efficient from Danielle Vulotic, 12 points uh, in just 17 minutes. Oh, what else sticks out here? Phoenix Gideon, 15 points off the bench, which I think is interesting. That I believe the last couple of games she's come off the bench. Uh, not sure what the um, what the change is there uh, in terms of that. Uh, what else? Simone Morris, 11 points. Rebecca Duomo, 10 points. Uh, we were actually watching at least the back half of this game. Yep. Uh, Mackenzie Amalia had a couple of uh, very, very deep threes yep. that I actually uh, – I mean, we haven't really seen that kind of range from her all season, so yeah. it was nice to see her knock those down. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we have also 10 for 11 for the free throw line for the Colonials. Uh, that's very solid. 
but you know with with a with bench depth that's a very running very thin and obviously without the size of Sol Castro inside uh, obviously it was pretty hard to stop the six foot two forward Jasmine Turner and obviously Colonials got a little bit tired it seemed like down the stretch so uh, that's about all I have Colonials would drop this one on the road to the Jags yes they did and um also a little bit uh what I'm also seeing as well is that Gideon and Morris each had four offensive rebounds each mm. so they had 13 they had 13 offensive rebounds I thought that was just pretty like good to see we we keep saying that like they need like in, they need inside depth and yeah. they, they're and, struggling in the paint and, right. uh, and honestly, having 13 it was just uh it's just pretty just impressive to see against a pretty good uh, Jaguars team yeah and obviously uh, sorry to interrupt you almost Michael but coming off of that Milwaukee game where they got out rebounded at like like five zero in the first two minutes mm-hmm. and I think all of them were offensive rebounds so I'm sure that getting those offensive rebounds and crashing the glass were were certainly things that uh, the Colonials uh, worked on uh, one more thing about that game real quick that sticks out to me is Alejandro Mastral's uh, stat line eight points six rebounds four steals uh, yeah very efficient from her and Luella Alana with a, a little bit of everything uh, two points two rebounds three assists and three steals colonials with nine steals on the day and only nine turnovers nine steals nine turnovers colonials first forced 14 iupui turnovers but we keep not mentioning the defense too that's yep, what, that's seriously was, the thing it was not enough in the end yeah the jaguars just could not miss though they were 50 yep. percent from the floor 41 especially late yeah for yeah for sure timely shooting is definitely the key to success and yeah eight, eight if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna go 50 percent 16 for 32 in the second half is that'll definitely give you some success that's what the Jaguars did on Thursday night moving to the next game which was at home it was against their rival per se we're trying to trying to have had this rivalry a little bit in the Horizon League it was the school an hour away from Moon Township that is Youngstown yep. State they they also lost to the Penguins at home 65 to 51 that was on I believe yes it was it was on saturday, saturday. yes yeah, saturday afternoon at the upmc event center the final game of the regular season and this game almost has the same story as the last one colonials down early they very early. it was it well, was not even close colonials down early quarter. and oh yeah you see 19 to 5 at the end of the first quarter colonials down early and often but they continue to find ways to get back in the game they outscored ysu 24 to 9 in the third quarter Cut it to a one-point game at the end of the third quarter. I believe it was 44-43. Yep. But you use up all that energy and all that, I, I guess, could we call it magic? I don't know. You use up all that energy and that that uh, momentum, rather, in the third quarter. And then that lack of depth and obviously the fatigue. You know, it's so hard to, to um, win a game with only eight players, right? When you see Youngstown State uh, played a rotation of, well, nine players eight players that played more than <laughs> two minutes but right. 11 players overall um it, colonials just don't have that luxury they right don't. now and they didn't have it for most of the season and you know you can make a huge run like that 24 to 9 in the third quarter uh, this is fantastic um and then you know like the uh, IUPUI game just not enough down the stretch colonials uh what 65 51 defeat yeah uh we talked about yeah, you know, we talked last episode about Megan Callahan. 
uh, the former Colonial. She had 17 points. Uh, Lily Ritz also had 17 points, the 6-1 forward. And that seems to be all of the no- – well, it, I mean, here you go. Another team that shot 50% from the floor yep. uh, against the Colonials, 44% from three. And, I mean, despite that, Colonials were, were in it until late again. Yeah, another slow start for the Colonials. It was a uh, – I believe it was like 17-3 to three at one point in the first quarter. At, at it ended up being 19-5 to five. So. It, was very ugly early on, and yep. credit to them though. In the yeah, third quarter, they outscored them twenty-four to nine. Yeah, if you're gonna to have that back. sort of resilience and uh, some and have that comeback attitude, you definitely need you definitely need that. No matter how good or bad the team may be, if you have that, if you actually execute it, then it's definitely that is, I guess, a lu- I guess it's a luxury. Yeah, listen, I mean, it's one thing for like, it's one thing when you just look at record. It's another thing when you look at record and then you go a little bit deeper into like play by play and some, uh, I guess, quarter by quarter scores. Because I mean, you see the twenty-four to nine in the third quarter, and you look at uh, the last game against IUPUI where uh, they cut it to like a three-point deficit with eight minutes to go. You even go back to that Milwaukee game, which was the last game, and you see that uh, they were down, I believe, like eight nothing early. They were getting out rebounded a lot, and they they clawed their way back. You know they they've clawed their way back in each of their last three games, and unfortunately they've just come out on the wrong side of of uh, two of their last three. But uh, Vinny Gideon off the bench again, fifteen points, led the team in scoring, seven rebounds, two steals. We've talked about her so much. She has been the all star of the team this season. Absolutely. Samantha Morris twelve points, Daniel Vulicic ten points, Colonials fourteen of sixteen from the free throw line. That's solid. In a, where I think. I believe their free throw percentage is around 70%. On the year? On the year, I believe. I, I can check that real quick and uh, talk about it later. But, Michael, do you have anything more about this game against Youngstown State? Yeah, for sure. It, it was a uh, – Youngstown State is a good team as well, definitely a better team than RMU. 65-51. I mean, dissecting it, I mean, it's just, it was just a tale of, I guess – uh, two quarters for the Penguins and one for the Colonials. It was nineteen to five in the first, twenty-one to eight in the in the uh, fourth. Yep. But also the Colonials clawed their way back with a twenty-four to nine run in the third. But Lily Ritz again, she's been an absolute beast for the Penguins. She yeah. she had seventeen she points, had 15, fifteen yep. rebounds. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to mention that. Yep. She um, th- we keep we keep mentioning the uh, just exhausting the uh, whole depth thing. It's like that they needed that they yep. need someone. Big I mean, in the paint to get a rebound. And or I mean, both of these games, both of these last two games that we just talked about are against uh, upper-level Horizon League conference opponents. For sure, yeah. Right? So both of these teams, Youngstown State, IPUI, they're both 13-7 and seven in the conference. So, I mean, and listen, sometimes you just get beat by a better team. Right? For sure. <laughs> like, like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, like, what kind of basketball, it doesn't matter what kind of conference. Sometimes you just get beat by a better, by a better team. And the resilience that the team showed in the last, I'd say, at least three games to fight back and claw their way back into all of them has been... Uh, a, a bright spot to take away from from the last couple games of the season, at least for me. For sure, Phoenix Gideon. We'll go down the we'll go down the box score for this game. Phoenix Gideon had 15. Uh, she had seven rebounds. You'd, I mean, having a lot of having a lot of rebounds for one particular player. Like we keep mentioning that Gideon has has a double double every like every time it feels like. Simone Morris though had six rebounds. She. Uh, yeah, she's been uh, she's been transitioning into that uh, more forward based role for uh, sure. Very very well, at least in my opinion. Um, Obviously, with Coach Pascalia saying that uh, she's been trying to make that transition, but I think she's fit into that role well. Also, the uh, free throw percentage on the year for the Colonials, 
uh, 69.6% on the year. So 87% for a team that, like I said, is averaging about 70% on the year is, is solid. For sure. Um, going to Phoenix Gideon, we went 7 for 7 at the charity strip that night as well. Yep. She uh, Coming off the bench, um, we'll tra- well, I guess we'll transition to that too. Uh, Kevin, what do you think about Gideon coming off the bench? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know why. Um, I think it. I, so I believe the person that is replacing her in the starting lineup the last couple of games has been Danielle Voltic. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's fine, and obviously Phoenix Union is still getting over over 20 minutes a game, uh, in in each of the last two. Um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes as a coach, you just gotta try different things, and and see what happens. Obviously, she's that she's that big spark off the bench because you know that she's gonna come in and score. For sure. So, um. Her off the bench, I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't see a problem with it. Um, just wonder if maybe a couple other. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you don't have much to work with, but um, maybe you could try a couple different lineups maybe earlier on, like midway through the season. Yeah, especially during that long losing streak. For sure. Yeah. Uh, like maybe get uh, Natalie Johnson some more minutes. Obviously, she only she only had three minutes played against um, Youngstown State. Maybe get her involved a little bit more. You know, if, if you have this limited. Um, this limited bench, you may as well get everybody involved at least a little bit, more than three minutes at least. But uh, I think that'll do it for the Youngstown State game. And Michael, that that does it for the regular season. It does, you yeah. Uh, it. Time has definitely flown by. Also, they went two for seventeen in the first quarter in that Penguins game. Ooh, so I see. So yeah, if you if you're <laughs> gonna go on a cold losing streak, you definitely do not. It's not a recipe for a victory. But yeah, like you said, the regular season has concluded. It is the 27th of February, meaning that there is one more day until March. Yeah. It is very, very exciting to be a college basketball fan, especially around this time. Yep. And for the Colonials, they play tomorrow. The, the um, they play tomorrow, the last day of February. They will yes. play against the number seven seed, Milwaukee Panthers. The Colonials Horizon lost League. with that loss against Youngstown State and that win against Wright State. Wright State has a tiebreaker over them. Yep. So they overtook him as the nine seed. The Colonials fall to the ten, and the Colonials will face against the Panthers. And the Panthers have they beat them recently at home. So they, yep. they beat them fifty to forty-five. Yep. And then when you and then when you go up to their game in Milwaukee, they lost 70, 72 to sixty. That was on January twentieth, that Friday night. So Kevin, going to that preview, or I guess we preview this game. What do you make of the Colonials' chances to go to the next round? Well, a couple of things stick out to me as far as the difference in the two uh, Milwaukee games from the one on the road to the one at home. Obviously, much lower scoring. But two things that jump out to me immediately, uh, Megan Wallstead and Kendall Need uh, combined for 36 points in the win over RMU uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, at the UPMC Event Center, Wallstead and Need combined for just 13. That's that's huge to me. For sure. Uh, on at the in Milwaukee, 47% from the floor. At home, just 40% from the floor. I guess it's not that big of a difference, but it's it's a big enough difference at least for me. Um, Colonials take on Milwaukee, Michael. As you said, Colonials unable to get a little momentum going. Uh, before the Horizon League tournament, they end up as the 10 seed. Horizon League Women's Basketball Conference Tournament starts tomorrow. It's yep. very exciting. It is. 
And you know what? It's a new season. It's a brand new season. You can throw everything from well, maybe not everything. Uh, you you want to keep some of the stuff. Have a you, have a very keep fresh stuff slate. Yeah. yeah, you have a very fresh, a clean slate, zero and zero. The only game that matters is the one in front of you, and that is the Colonials against the Milwaukee Panthers. If they were to win, they would likely take on the Green Bay Phoenix in the quarterfinals on Thursday, March second. A very uh, assuming that uh, Detroit Mercy does not upset Purdue Fort Wayne. Yep. If they if Detroit Mercy does upset Purdue Fort Wayne and the Colonials win, they would take on Cleveland State. Either way, uh, both, both very. Uh, yeah, number, very good teams. Well, number one and number two in the conference, obviously. Yep. Um, but Colonials take on the Milwaukee Panthers, a team that they just beat three games ago, and we touched on this uh, a little bit before, about the team's willingness to stay in games, at least recently, yep. and lock down defensively and stay in games, and despite getting out-rebounded by 12, win on senior day, 50-45, to 45, forcing 23 turnovers, holding the Panthers to two of 16 from three in a season where the three-point defense has definitely shown cracks. But this team is resilient, man. They got eight players, and they're resilient as heck. Yes, I they would. Are, they are. They will fight. They will claw. They will scrap. They can beat Milwaukee, in my opinion. They have the lockdown. Listen, there have been there have been flashes. Okay, the start of the season there were flashes. The IUPUI game, there were flashes. Purdue Fort Wayne, the thirty-one point win over Oakland, the win, the gritty grind out fifty to forty-five win over Milwaukee, the team that they're literally going to face tomorrow. Yeah, there have been flashes. They beat Wright State by twenty-one on the road. There have been flashes of greatness and excellence from this team. You just have to put it all together tomorrow at 8 o'clock p.m. at Milwaukee. And you know what? I think they can. And that's my sort of speech about the women's basketball team heading into the Horizon League. I think they're going to beat Milwaukee. And you can only focus on the game that's in front of you. And that game is RMU at Milwaukee. A very passionate <laughs> Kevin Placha here on Around the Rim. You gotta be. You gotta be. Yeah, you have and to I be. And I think they are. It's, al- it's almost. They are. It's almost March. It, March starts tomorrow, even though in the calendar it says it doesn't. March starts tomorrow for the Colonials. And, 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 they, and, listen, and this team is passionate, man. You talk to any one of them after that Milwaukee win. You talk to Alejandro Mastral. You talk to Daniel Vulitich. You talk to Mackenzie Amalia. You talk to literally any one of them. They were so happy. After that win. Oh, yeah, for they sure. So, they, they are so passionate. They love playing for this school. They love playing for head coach Charlie Biscaglia. They love his mentality. And they just got to put it all together. One game at a time. Now, I will ask you a question now. Okay. You were talking about lockdown, lockdown defense. They had a very low-scoring win against them. Yes. Against the Panthers. And yes. if, you think that, if you're saying that they're going to win, what is – the score going to be. Okay. I'll ask you that one. What is what do you, is it going to be? High scoring, low scoring. How do you think the Colonials will pull out the victory? And what do you think the scoreboard will say once the final zeros hit? Sixty to fifty-six. Sixty to fifty-six. Even, don't even need to think about it. Sixty to fifty-six. Colonials win. Who will be that impact player? Do you think will catapult the Colonials to the second um, round? Um. This one, I'm going to take a little bit more time. <laughs> um, I'll put you on the spot there, my Rebecca bad. Rebecca Duomo. Rebecca Duomo. Rebecca Duomo. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm not going to say two players. That's cheating. Rebecca Duomo. Rebecca Duomo will have herself a She night will be the impact tomorrow. player. She will be the, I don't know if she'll be the MVP, but she will be the impact player. She'll be the player that, when we look at this box score in a couple of days when we record this next episode, we say, oh my gosh, Rebecca Duomo was the super underrated, awesome player of the game and kept the Colonials in it and allowed the Colonials to win. Rebecca 60 du- to 56. Rebecca uh, official Duomo. prediction from me, Kevin Plotcher, on Around the Rim. You can you can use it as a receipt all you want. Put it in the record books. You can put it in the record books. I don't care. I think this is the very first score prediction I've ever given out on this podcast. But but there you are. Making history here on Around the we, Rim. We are. In episode five. In that win, Rebecca Duomo had six points. Uh, that's why right. she had she had six that's points, a, an so assist, much. and two blocks and a steal. Yes, that's why there, there's so much room for her to improve. She gets more shots. She only had three shots. Yeah, she made two shots. She went two of those three shots and a three. Uh, she had a three. in the first game. Well, she went two for seven. I mean, well, I guess the the shooting wasn't as good in the in the first Milwaukee game. Uh, you could take any one of the starting five, but anyway, not the point. Um. I think Rebecca Duomo, I don't know. I feel like she's just way overdue yeah. to have a great game. Because she was like the she was like the second leading scorer behind um behind Phoenix Gideon for so long. And now she's the fourth leading scorer. Yeah. With seven point one parts per game. Uh, kind of like kind of like with Alejandra Mastral the last time the team played Milwaukee. She had a season high sixteen. I think it's about time for Rebecca Duomo to have a, a breakout game. Probably like I'll, I'll say in that same range, like sixteen points. Yeah. That's my that's what I say. I know, very, very passionate, very empowered me on this episode. <laughs> around yep. the Michael, what, what do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts? I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think this Colonials team, they know how to beat Milwaukee, like we've been saying. Yeah. They are going on the road, which, honestly, they have struggled in. They have struggled on they the have, road all have, year. But, but they've also they beat Wright State by 21, Yep. and they beat Purdue-Fort Wayne by 8 on the road. Both of these games were on the road. And both of these were conference games. So, to me, I don't think that matters. And it shouldn't It shouldn't matter because, like like we mentioned before, clean slate, you're 0-0. Zero zero. Yep. The only game, you got to go 1-0 tomorrow. And that's then, that's, the, men, that's one the mentality. 1-0 tomorrow. Which I think is very interesting when it comes to a one-bid league. Like the Horizon League, like the NEC yeah. as well. You start off with a cl- fresh slate no matter what. You are not you banking do. on an at-large bid. No matter no. even if you are, like, maybe maybe Cleveland State has a chance to be an at-large. Sure. And like, like, teams, teams yeah. are never – you're completely right, Michael. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, like, teams are never thinking of that at the start of the season. Yeah. They're just thinking, like, they want to go out there and play their best basketball and be together as a team and gel together as a team and improve on their games individually, and then they can improve on, I guess, their games as a team – once they improve individually, despite all of the ups and downs and all the crap that we've mentioned, it is a new season. Yep. Because even if the Colonials, let's see, their official record is currently 11 and 18. Even if they went 18 and 11, they're not fighting for an at-large. Right. They're, they would probably be, I don't know. what If there's a seven-game ga- seven swing, we'll say like, Five of them were in conference. Let's say they went ten and ten. And let's say they went like eighteen and eleven, ten and ten. They're not fighting for an at large. Mm-hmm. They're fifth in the in their fifth in the conference. They have a first round home game or first round first round road game anyway. It's the to me it's the same thing. To me, seeding doesn't matter. 
To me, it's just who you have in front of you. And the Colonials have Milwaukee in front of them. And can the defense – I mean, can the defense buckle down like it did against the Panthers the last time on February 19th? And can the offense muster just that little bit extra to push them over the 60-point threshold like I predict? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, those are the main questions that I'm asking, at least from a general – like when I watch the game, those are the, the things that I'll be, I guess, paying attention for. Yeah, it's just uh, – I don't know. I just saw that it's just a very uh, interesting mindset to have for a mid-major conference like the Horizon League, the NEC, like I mentioned earlier. But just going into a very uh, fresh uh, a fresh slate is just very, uh, I guess, refreshing, especially if you struggled on the road at home, no matter no – matter, whatever the case may be. But just having that mindset saying, okay, we have – just as a better chance as anyone in this conference because yeah. there's only one bid to be presented and to be represented for the NCAA tournament. So right. if you just have – you then, play your best basketball right. starting now, then that's that's like, I guess, a luxury as every, well being a mid-major. Right. Anyone has every the team, same amount of conference. Every team yeah. in a mid-major technically has a chance to make the NCAA tournament. All you got to do is win four games in like seven days or whatever or four games in five days, whatever. Um this team isn't thinking about the NCAA tournament, Michael. You no. talk about the NCAA tournament. You talk about the at-large bid. Whatever. This team doesn't. This team's not thinking of any of that, because head coach Charlie Biscaglia doesn't think like that. Yeah. He only thinks of the next game in front of him. He thinks of the moment. He thinks of what's in front of him. He thinks of what can the team do better in practice this week to help his team beat Milwaukee, and then. It, after the Milwaukee game, whether it's a win or lose, if they win, he'll be saying, what can the team improve on and do better to beat their next opponent, whether it's Green Bay or Cleveland State. And if they lose, he'll be saying, what could the team have done better to work on in practice, off-season practice, or the next practice they have, or even over the summer, or if he's going to talk to the players, you know, call them up and say, hey, I think maybe you guys should work on this over the summer, whatever it may be. There's no reason to talk about the NCAA tournament. There's no reason to talk about an at-large bid. There's o- there's, there is a reason to talk about Robert Morris taking on the Milwaukee Panthers at 8 o'clock tomorrow. That is the only on the thing ESPN Plus. to focus about. Yes, and there is. Going to uh, – let's go to the bracket, actually. All we right. have uh, – like, as well. Like, might as well. Uh, tomorrow, there are, th- there are three games for the Horizon League tournament. We already – have exhausted, I guess, the RMU Milwaukee game that was that is tomorrow hey, at eight. Did you guys know Milwaukee plays Robert Morris? I have no idea. Oh, um, yeah, it wasn't me. Anyway, at seven o'clock, an hour before that game tips off, it'll be six seed Purdue Fort Wayne against Detroit Mercy, and that will be at seven and at their campus site that is in uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, and then Oakland and Wright State the eight nine matchup in the arena, if you will, Kevin, and <laughs> and uh, after that after that it'll be. The seeds will be reseeded, so like I mentioned, or like we mentioned before, the lowest seed will play Green Bay. The second lowest seed will play number two, Cleveland State. The highest remaining seed will play IUPUI. And then the next round, both both the four and the five get the bye, and Youngstown and Northern Kentucky will just wait for Thursday. So, Kevin, who do you think will come out of this bracket? We know that Green Bay and Cleveland State, by the way, I was looking at the mid-major top 25. Cleveland State is seven, and Green Bay is 10 in the mid-major okay. in the country. Okay, very good. Um, yes, okay. 
I think this bracket is going to shape up very chalky, and and what that means is I think a lot of the favorite seeds are going to win. So one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Bay and Cleveland State have both had their way with many of these teams this year. Green Bay, Green Bay has two conference losses, and they got upset. Green Bay got upset by Milwaukee, and they lost by three to Youngstown State. That's it. And Cleveland State has three conference losses. Two of them are, ironically, to Green Bay. Yeah. And the other is a four, just a four-point loss to Northern Kentucky, who is the five seed. So, to me, a lot of the higher seeds are winning this, for sure. Uh, the Green Bay, Cleveland State, I think they're going to probably meet in the final most if they didn't, I would be a little bit surprised. I just would. Yeah. Because of what we've seen from them all season. Um, they've been absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, especially against Robert Morris. Uh, I mean, as a, as a baseline, obviously, because, you know, we obviously haven't watched every single one of Green Bay and Cleveland State's games. But from what we've seen against uh, Robert Morris and, you know, even against other teams, like, like these teams don't lose. No. Like these teams win, and they win emphatically. Like they're they're winning their games by by double digits almost every single time. Uh, you know you have Green Bay. Green Bay only scores sixty seven points per game, but but I mean it's just their defense that holds teams to to basically nothing. And then you have Cleveland State, a team that scores a lot more, seventy five points per game, um, led by Destiny Leo, who's averaging almost eighteen points per game. And then for Green Bay, it's uh, Sidney Levy, averaging almost twelve, and then Maddie Schreiber almost ten. But I mean, these teams are just these teams are very well rounded. These teams have a lot of depth. Uh, these teams can shoot the three ball. Uh, Destiny Leo is shooting thirty eight point five percent from three. Obviously, a big reason why she's averaging almost eighteen per game, mm-hmm. and Sydney Levy averaging thirty six point one percent from three. So I mean, like these teams know how to shoot the three. These teams know how to score. These teams know how to defend, and these teams know how to win. Yeah. So if it wasn't if it's not Green Bay versus Cleveland State in the Horizon League. Women's Basketball Conference Championship, talking just from a general Horizon League standpoint, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. From an RMU standpoint, they play Milwaukee. <laughs> from a general Horizon League standpoint, prediction, Green Bay versus Cleveland State. Yeah. And the winner wins. <laughs> I don't I don't know who would win. I think that would be a I think heck be of a awesome. matchup. They, they, you, you mentioned the uh, – did you say Green Bay and Cleveland State have played twice? And yes. Green Bay beat them. Green Bay beat them twice. And, uh, uh, yes, Green Bay – beat them tw- yeah green bay beat them by by 17 and 15 yeah so so, so green bay is obviously know. the better team yeah. when it, as, as from the two of them i would like i would like to see them play again in again. the final like ju- it's just i guess it's just a marriage just waiting to happen in the championship game on tuesday yep. night or tuesday afternoon i should say but that uh that game will be very interesting to say but we don't want to get too ahead of yourself like we mentioned milwaukee yep. plays RMU on Tuesday. Kevin, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode five, our preseason preview of Around the Rim? Uh, I've got really nothing else. Hey, uh, next time we're going to be, what, season recap? Next season, time? season recap. Season uh, recap and reviewing the Horizon League tournament, however far the Colonials get. No matter the result may be. No matter the result. So make sure you tune in for that. Colonials take on Milwaukee tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Tune in on ESPN+. Plus. 
to see if the Colonials will win. Remember, my prediction was 60-56, to 56, and Rebecca Duomo will be the impact player of the game. Kevin, so with I'll just leave you with some that. Thank you, Michael, confidence for having me with on. that. It was an absolute pleasure on this episode five. As we said, no matter what the result may be against Milwaukee on Tuesday, we will have our episodes. We will have an episode six recap in the Milwaukee game, and who knows if they win, we'll might preview the Green Bay, or if or if Detroit Mercy upsets Purdue Fort Wayne, they might play Cleveland State. So. No matter what the result is, we will have an episode six. We will see you the next time. Kevin, thank you as always for being on, and we will see you the next time.